0: Diabetes awareness partners. Stream the show on demand at CatchacanRadio.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the first City Forum. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and happy National Hangover Day. Am I right, or am I right? Uh, this show is brought to you by the Gemini Crystal Wizard and KPU. And in the studio with me today, I have my dear friend, the one and only, the phenomenal Austin Hayes. How's it going, Austin? Good, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing. I would say really well, and I am doing really well. But you know what? I could be doing better. I could have made better choices last night. What was your St. Patrick's Day like? <laughs>
1: um, oh, I can't say mine was mine was like yours necessarily. Well, I did, I had a great time. Uh, Kirsten and I were at the New York. And then we were at the 49er, which was quite a fun time. And then we were at the uh, the sourdough. Stopped by. Anyway, that was a good time. I I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, really? Like I had no intention of of going out or doing anything. I I was I was done with work early, and and I was just at home. I was like, oh, this will just be a nice evening. And. It's like, oh yeah, it's St.
0: Patrick's Day. Yeah, no, it's St. Patrick's Day. Everyone's wearing green, and there, and and it comes up out of them later, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think most people are going to be out tonight to really get into the St. Patrick's Day spirit. But last night was definitely a fun night. At one point, I get home. I, I've always been staunchly against microwaves. I am a, I am an exclusive oven reheater. Mm-hmm. So uh, at one point I get home after the uh, the uh, night out, which uh, during that night at, I, I remember at one point I became a cat and I started just scratching people, <laughs> not not random people, my my uh, my friends mind you, but I, a lot of people were were scratched last night. So sorry to, to those who may have. Uh, uh, Scratch wounds. Oh, so that's where that
1: scratch came (laughs) from. No,
0: I mean, I I don't know. It's very very possible. But no, so at one point after uh, the festivities of last night, I get home and I'm hungry. uh, And so I never use a microwave. So I preheat my oven to 350 and I throw in some cheesy potatoes I made the other day. I I make a really great uh, smothered potato with potatoes and onions and peppers Mm -hmm. and, and sausage and garlic and the whole thing. So I, uh, I cut a piece of that from the a bowl, one of my last two pieces, mind you, and I throw that into the oven for, tw- for 20 minutes, and then I wake up this morning at 10 a.m., and I'm like, oh, no, I never ate those potatoes, which means they're still in the oven. <laughs> so I go, and I grab them out, out of the oven, and it's just one big hunk of charcoal. Luckily for me, my, my oven never... Uh, sets things ablaze and they they never catch fire. It burns into a a charcoal because this has happened to me a few times.
1: Yeah, that could have been a lot worse. I feel <laughs>
0: it could have been a lot worse, but you know what? It, it was St. Patrick's Day. No one died. We're we're all here, and we have you in the studio today. So for those who don't know Austin Hayes, which who doesn't know Austin Hayes, right? But uh, what are, what? Who are you, and what do you do in town? Uh, are you
1: are you a Ketchikan local? Uh, yes, uh, born and raised here. I, I grew up here. I moved away. My mom and I moved to Seattle when I was about 18-ish. So, yeah, no, I was 18, yeah. And I lived in Seattle for a few years, went to college, and I was kind of a seasonal. Uh, i come back here in the summers for about those five or five years or so until my mid-20s, and then I moved to the other side of the country. I lived in Maine for a couple wow. of years,
0: uh, and then I moved back here in 2018, and I've been back ever since. And you are a phenomenal professional musician here in town. That's what you do full- time. and And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think there are a lot of people in catch a can who, uh, who and just really in, in general around the, the country, who uh, who look at professional musicians and they don't really get it, they don't really understand that this is something that you can do, it's a very viable career, and it's something that if you put your time and your effort and, and you really make it work, it, you, it can be life-sustaining. So talk about what got you, what started you on your journey of music and, and how you decided to go into that field professionally.
1: Well, okay. Um, That's a little bit of a longer story, I guess. I'll try and not ramble too much. Feel free. We have like 45 minutes. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I grew up playing music. I've been playing drums as long as I can remember. Like some of my earliest memories is is playing uh, my bongo drums and and just hitting pots and pans with wooden spoons. So I I definitely come from a musical background. Uh, Both my parents were musicians. My brother was a musician. So my dad was a brass player. He played trombone and tuba, and my mom's a pianist and singer and, and a violinist. And so I kind of just grew up with music all around. And my brother and I, we started our own rock band when we were kids. Uh-huh. So uh, we were the rubber band, you know, so we were like this bunch of kids playing rock and roll in town. And we did that for quite a few years through through high school, because the other three guys in the band were, uh, they all graduated. They were in the same class, but I was younger. So I was like fifteen or something, but they all they all left the band, disbanded, and so I kind of started doing more jazz stuff. I was in the high school jazz band, which I loved, you know. And then uh, we had our local uh, community jazz bands by the McPhersons, the Windjammers Jazz Ensemble. I did that, and then I started to play with some of the other jazz guys: Carl Ritchie, Dale Curtis, Dave Kiefer, some of the Love lo- them, legends. some of the local players. And I started to learn a lot more about jazz. I got really into it when I was about fourteen. I was just obsessed with buddy rich and the big the big bands and you know so i uh, well this was back when cds were still really a thing but i bought any extra money i would get my hands on i would just buy cds i would just buy uh, big band records and jazz records and things like that and and then i got into movie scores i got really into movie scores and i started writing music and arranging music in my late teens Uh, as i started going to college in seattle i was going to music school cornish college of the arts I got really into the piano. I got really into composing and arranging music um, because that's all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was to learn how to do that stuff so that I can custom make whatever show I wanted. Like, yes. like I loved uh, video games as a kid. Well, I still love video games, but like, uh, as a kid, I was a weird kid. I would just have the game on. I wouldn't even play it. I'd just be listening to the music because I thought it was really cool. And I was like, it'd be really great if I could arrange this music for like a, a, a jazz band, like my own jazz band. And then, sure enough, in my early, mid-20s, that's exactly what I did. I took music from Donkey Kong and music from Super Mario and made it into, like, a jazz arrangement. And I was like, yes! <laughs> finally! <laughs> Satisfaction. <you know? laughs> so, I mean, that's all I ever really wanted to do was just learn the skills I needed to do the shows that I have in my head. But it's just hard to tell people how cool the things are in my head. And I just have to learn how to do that stuff so I can make it happen. And so, um, so yeah... Uh, that's kind of where it started, like as far as just passion, like my my professional music career. And then, um, uh, as I've gotten older, so I did the seasonal thing for a long time. And and uh, the last couple years, uh, I started really looking at uh, getting a more stable year-round career. And and uh, the last ten years, I've done so many different jobs. I, I worked, I worked at a superstore. I worked, I worked in food service, janitorial, uh, customer service. Uh, you know, I, I worked at Target. I worked at
0: Oh God, I've done,
1: I've done tourism. I've worked on boats. I've done, I worked at a gas station. I I don't know if I already said that I've, I've worked so many different jobs just kind of trying to find out what I want to do. And can
0: uh, I, can I just interrupt you for one moment? How does, I've always wondered this. How does one find employment at a gas station? I always wonder, like, where do you find the people to work at a gas station? Like I, how, how do you find these jobs?
1: So I was, that's, that's when I was living in Maine and, um, and it's, it's a very different culture than I was used to here because I, I pretty much spent my time in the Pacific Northwest and in, mm-hmm. and in Southeast Alaska. So it was very different. Um, uh, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of music going on and certainly not enough to uh, – because I didn't know anybody. I just moved there. So it was like, all right, well, I just need to get a day job and then maybe I could start doing music later. And, and uh, there were a couple couple of signs posted here and there just along this main strip. So there's the capital, which is called Augusta. And then there's this other town, which is a few miles away, called Gardner. And there's this long, thin road that travels uh, along the Kennebec River that connects those two towns. and And that's eventually that became known as Farmingdale. That's where I lived. And on that road, there are there's like a couple of little car dealerships. There's like a little, you know, fried chicken shack or something. Oh,
0: I love a chicken shack.
1: And there's this, there's this gas station called JNS Oil, and they had a now hiring sign posted right when I needed a job, and I saw Perfect. it, sent, and so I didn't, I didn't seek out being a gas station employee. I just saw the now hiring sign and walked in filled out an application and I got the job like a couple of days later. and
0: was working at a gas station terrifying I, I think it would be a terrifying job I don't know why it's, it's something that I always think about I've had dreams of working at a gas station and being robbed for for like a gallon of gas
1: there were a couple of times when I was a little on edge and a little scared but but mostly it, it wasn't so much about being robbed once or twice there was you know I'd, it'd be late because the last hour of the, of my shift I always did the closing shift mm-hmm. the last hour I was by myself. And uh, yeah, there were security cameras. Yeah, there was this and that, and lights everywhere. And but still, you know, if a sketchy person comes in, you're just like, uh, "You're by myself. What do I do?" You know. Uh-huh. And uh, they train you, but basically their way of training you is like, "Oh, you know, oh, just do this. Okay, good luck. Bye." <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, it doesn't make me feel any better. You know?
0: I picture that being what happens. Okay, so you so you've done a lot of different things. You've yes. worked at a gas station, you've worked at, at the at the legendary and phenomenal target, which I miss with all my heart and soul. <laughs> I just really need a good kitchen made blender from I mean uh mixers, a stand mixer from a target. It's just uh, with the great times. Uh,
1: sorry, so, so
0: you've done all these things and, and, and that has led you on the path to saying, you know, I don't really have to do this. I have a bunch of really great skills that I can yeah, use to and, make money.
1: And so, so I put off being a music teacher for a long time because my mom was a music teacher and I was like, well, she did that. I'd like to do something different. But after all these years, I, I literally made myself a pros and cons list of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I started thinking like, well, let's see. I'm a good teacher and I'm good at music. I should probably be a music teacher. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like two plus two equals nine, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah. And and I didn't think I would enjoy it very much. I was like, I mean, I could do it. It's work, but I don't think I'll like it very much. And I was like, all right, worst case scenario, I'll do this for a year. And if I decide that I really don't like it, then I don't have to do it anymore. I'll find something else. And I'm going on two and a half years at this point, and I'm absolutely loving it. So that's what I do full time now is I'm a private music teacher. Piano lessons, drum lessons.
0: And you're fabulous Things and phenomenal. Like and now for those who may be, uh, who are listening now, who may be interested in getting into some music lessons or getting their kid in, uh, how do they how do they contact you for that?
1: Oh, uh, well, you can uh, send me an email, uh, austinhayes88 at gmail.com, or you can just call me, uh, 907-204-0235. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, or just find me on like Facebook, or just stop me on the street or something. Yeah,
0: Austin Hayes is very, very visible. So I remember when I first moved here and I started doing music with uh, Diane and Chaz and Dave and everyone, they would always tell me, oh, I, I can't wait for you to meet Austin, uh, uh, Austin, Austin. I heard about you for like a year and a half before I finally met you. And then we finally met, and and, uh, and we didn't start playing music together for maybe a year after you moved here when we formed uh, K-Funk uh, after, because right. people kind of disbanded and, and, and I was looking for something New to new to, to 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 do and I'm always and forever just impressed with what you bring and how phenomenal you you, you are and your breadth of, of knowledge uh, and skills and in music in general and and I always say that the percussionist or the uh, drummer they're, they're always usually the best ear in the building why do you think that is what, what is that with with uh, people who who drum professionally and and, and the, their ear for for music hmm
1: so, so the you're you're saying you believe the, the drummer to be to have the best ear in the band usually. Well, uh, I guess it depends on the type of music. It depends on. Uh, it depends on the person. I mean, I don't know. I, drummers certainly seem to have the best sense of tempo mm. um, and, and groove. Like it's largely up to the drummer to establish a groove. Uh, you know, are the eighth notes straight or are they swung? You know, what's are we doing a half-time feel, double-time feel? Like, what kind of thing are we doing? Do we want a lot of intensity? Do we want to lay back, do something really complex, do something really simple? All of that sets the, sets the foundation for the, uh, for the groove and the emotion of the song. So I guess drummers just need to be good listeners. They need to be good at understanding the structure of a song. Whereas, you know, something like a guitarist or bass player or a piano player, they might have more knowledge about the structure of the harmony, because that's their department, and they might not be as familiar. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I also disagree. You okay, know. okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so. – to, uh, kind of segueing a little bit into what we have going on now so your inspiration for starting to do music is composing you, you, you're you playing these video games but not really playing them actually just listening to the uh, mm-hmm. scores and the uh, soundtracks and you're saying I want to compose I want to put on shows I want to do this and now we're going on today with what we're here to talk about right now that's right the Motown review uh-huh. so uh, Austin um, approached me uh, oh, well, this was maybe a year ago
1: so this this yeah. So, so this was a couple years ago. Uh, uh, I did, I only did jazz shows and I wanted to do something different. So Kyle Bailey and I did Billy Joel tribute, which
0: was phenomenal for which, those who got to see it.
1: And to my great surprise, like I, I love Billy Joel, but I didn't think I would have that much fun. Like that was the most fun I ever had on stage was doing that show. And shortly after I pro- talked to you cause I was into this kick of doing tribute shows. And I asked you, Hey, do you want to do James Brown tribute? Mm-hmm. That's how it started. And, uh, of course, uh, COVID kind of shut things down for a little bit. But randomly, I got this call from Kathleen Light uh, last summer, and she said, hey, uh, would you be interested in putting some type of music show together for the Arts Council? And I was like, well, what would you have in mind? And she's like, well, we like jazz. And I'm like, well, that would be fun for me, but most people don't really like jazz, you know? And, uh, and, And she's like, well, I mean, you could do like another one of those Billy Joel shows. That was pretty cool. And I'm like, I could do that. But I've got this idea for something different. What do you think? And and uh, and I and anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessively taking notes in my phone. I have lots of lists. And ever since I spoke to you about James Brown Tribute, I started making lists of songs. And I was like, well, this one's a Stevie Wonder song, but we'll just add that to the list. Oh, this one's a Sam Cooke song. Oh, we'll add that to the list, whatever. It's like, you know... We should really bring in Jillian Pollock, and then we could do like some Aretha Franklin, and yes. oh, we can do some Etta James. Oh, and then the show started evolving into something completely different that wasn't specific to James Brown. And it wasn't even necessarily a, a tribute show, it was more like a, a celebration yes. of this kind of music. So, uh, and I pitched this to Kathleen, and she loved it. And so uh, we are going to be doing this show uh, May 7th of this year, Saturday, May 7th.
0: May 7th of this year, the Motown Review happening at the Tet Ferry. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. I'm mostly excited, honestly, just seeing with Jillian. Jillian's such a phenomenal vocalist. She's my favorite singer on the island, and I'm always impressed with what she does. And it's just going to be a really phenomenal production. I mean, we have we have uh, custom costumes being, uh, being made and brought in. There's a full... Uh, 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 horn section yeah, like the yeah. big band show big times big fun um, so you kind of explained it a bit uh, how you get something like this rolling get the funding for it because this, this is funded by the uh, by the arts council so it's going to be a lot larger than than uh, what uh, let's say a, a bar show would be or, right, or, or, right. What, or what have you it's going to be a nice professional production uh, KPU will be filming it mm-hmm. so it'll be televised how do we get all of that going?
1: oh like uh like if you wanted to do a show how do you just make that stuff happen well, or
0: yeah it's just how does it all come to, come together cuz i mean this is months of, of planning yes
1: yes this is this is uh, going to be a 9 month show like i've been working on this for uh, i started working on this in july and it's going to be through the beginning of may so so i if my, my math is right it's like a solid 9 months of work um so ba- my experience is if you want to make something happen then it'll happen you yes. know so so uh, and and uh I'm, I've always been the guy who's like, well, let's just do it, you know, because a lot of people have great ideas, but they never really do anything. And I'm like, why not? Let's just do it, you know? And so uh, so it starts with the, the concept. You have to come up with a concept that's interesting, that holds my attention. And, and I am a very obsessive person, so I'll just think about it at three in the morning and just random. oh, we should do this song, you know? And then you have to pick a venue. Uh, like, where do we want to do this? How many people? What, what kind of songs are we going to do? Therefore, who do we need to get in the band? And you need to get commitments from those people in the band. Pitch the idea. Hey, would you be interested in doing this? If they're on board, uh, then you set down a, a date for when the show would be. Book the venue. Make sure they don't book anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a date. You've got a band, and you've got a concept. It's like okay, and we need to start. We need to have X number of rehearsals to get this together. And so the music needs to be ready. Like if you have sheet music or anything, it needs to be ready by this date, which means. I better get started right now, you know. Because
0: you arrange all of these uh, charts by hand. Yes. So all yep. the music in this show is arranged by hand by Austin Hayes for this specific ensemble, which is phenomenal.
1: That's right, yep. So I'm, I'm doing all the sheet music myself. We have a 12-piece band, which I am very excited to work with. It's a lot larger than I was expecting it to be. But we have uh, four people in our rhythm section. Uh, Kim Henriksen is our keyboard player. I will be playing drums. Chaz Gist is our bass player. And then we have Alvin Inoncilio as our guitar player. Our horn section, we have four horn players. We've got uh, Jeff Carlson, Dave Kiefer, uh, Jamie Carlson, and uh, Jolene Flom. And then we have two backup singers. We'll have Danny Pratt and Tora Zamora. And then our leads are, of course, you and Jillian, Jillian Pollock. So that's 12 people. And uh, when I did Billy Joel... Uh, The sheet music was pretty intense, and that filled a folder. Like, when I was done writing it all, it was a lot of work. It was like four or five months of solid work, and it filled up a folder. Uh, I just finished the sheet music for this show, for set one. I've filled two and a half folders. Wow. And that's only set one. So, like, it's a lot more work than I was expecting it to be, but it's going to be worth it because...
0: It's going to be. Really, I
1: really want to do this show. It's going to be so phenomenal because
0: so much work and so much energy and so much life has been put into it. I'm so honored to be a part of it. It's going to be so much fun. So, are tickets for this thing on sale yet?
1: I think so. Um, uh, you need to talk to the Arts Council. You can go on their website, which I believe is catchcanarts.org. Um, O-R-G. Uh, or just call them. I'm, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the phone number, but uh, yeah, just call the Arts Council or go on the Arts Council's website. They should have all the information for and
0: that. And we'll have tickets for those and that show is going to be May 7th. Yep. I'm super excited to be a part of it. It's it's one of the highlights of my year so far it's going to be an amazing time uh, austin thank you so much for joining us well first before i let you, you you go you're a music man so i want to talk a little bit about the phenomenal sir paul mccartney are you uh, a paul mccartney are, are you a paul mccartney fan
1: absolutely he's my favorite beatle um I, I like i love his bass playing i love his voice i think paul mccartney has one of the best rock and roll voices and a lot, a lot of people might be surprised. Like, there's like, oh, well, you know, surely there's better rock and roll voices out there. Well, my personal favorite, I think McCartney's one of my favorites. You know, because he could do soft, mellow ballads. He could also belt. He's got a great range. I don't know. He's one of my favorite voices, and I really like his songs. Um, I mean, big Beatles fan, but also just Paul McCartney. I mean. What, what do you want to talk about? Like, you just what? randomly asked me if I like Paul McCartney. Well, I, love, I love Paul McCartney.
0: Well, you hear this straight from the mouth of Austin Hayes, and you can get to, to get to experience the phenomenal Paul McCartney yourself, listeners, uh, by uh, going to Diesel Dock. That's the Diesel Doctor Boat Repair, and entering to win two tickets to the Paul McCartney concert happening in Seattle, uh, two plane tickets to Seattle, and, and an all-inclusive hotel stay for two while in seattle so all you have to do is drop into the diesel doctor or the diesel doc over by the d1 loop see what they have to offer drop your name into the box and you will be entered uh, to win that uh prize but you can exponentially increase your odds by listening to this station and when you hear the song that we're going to have somewhere. I'm not really sure how they're playing it. At first, I thought they had the song listed on the box. So I told people that for a week and I was wrong. But it's going to be on the station at some point. You will hear a song. And when you hear the song, call 907-225-2193 and you'll automatically be entered 10 more times to win this prize. You'll get 10 extra entries just for singing a song. So when you hear this that song, whatever song it may be on this station, and that number is uh, 907-225-2193, call that number, sing the song to our voicemail, and get 10 extra entries to, hear, to, uh, to see Sir Paul McCartney in Seattle. I'm not sure when the concert is, but it's going to be a great time. Did you know that Michael Jackson... St- he didn't steal the Beatles' music, but he bought the Beatles' music from right under them, and he owned their music for like decades.
1: I heard something about that. I don't know the full story, but I heard something about that. Yeah,
0: something to the effect of Paul McCartney was talking to Michael Jackson, and and uh, Paul McCartney was telling Michael Jackson, "Oh, you should get into publishing. It's a different kind of business for musicians. You go blah 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 blah." And then Michael Jackson's like, "Oh, okay." I'm gonna buy yours, <laughs> and, then, and then Paul McCartney's like, "What? Like, like, ha ha ha!" Because they were apparently friends, and then and then Paul and then after that conversation, every time Paul McCartney would see Michael Jackson for like maybe a few weeks, he'd say. I'm going to buy your music. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and Paul's like, all right, all right. So then one day, Michael Jackson buys Paul McCartney's entire catalog. And uh, and then Paul McCartney's like shocked. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. And then he tried to convince Michael Jackson to sell it back to him. And Michael Jackson's like, oh, it's just business, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of awesome. <laughs> It's so ruthless and it's so phenomenal. I love it so much. And you know why I love it so much? Because Paul, Because Paul McCartney, It was, it's really all his fault. He's telling Michael Jackson, oh, you should get into publishing. You should do this why didn't you just buy your own music? Right. And the funny thing is, is that he had a chance to buy his own music. They were going to uh, sell it to him for, for $20 million. And he uh, apparently uh, didn't, he didn't want to own the, the music himself because it was him and John Lennon who wrote these songs. He, so he didn't want to be, be the sole owner. So he apparently called, called Yoko Ono to go in with him to buy this music. And she said, oh, we can get it for, uh, for uh, cheaper. So then Michael Jackson bought it for like $60 million. Oh man, craziness, awesome. craziness! So there we go. Paul, Paul McCartney was, uh, was. I mean, I, I don't I, personally. I don't think Michael Jackson did anything wrong. Because I mean, someone just, had to own this music, and Paul right. McCartney certainly had the, the uh, money to to buy his own music, and, and, a he, lot, and he just didn't do it.
1: A lot of those guys are, you know, the great songwriters, but not necessarily good businessmen. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, well. You missed your chance, dude. I
0: (laughs) Well, I think it all worked out the end. I think Paul McCartney's a billionaire right now, so you know it's all good and fine. So don't miss your chance to win those Paul McCartney tickets in Seattle. uh, Two tickets, uh, tickets for two to the concert. uh, A two, uh, also a hotel stay for two while in Seattle, and plane fare for two uh, by dropping into the Diesel Dock or the Diesel Doctor over by the D1 loop. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the First City Forum. Thank you for joining us, Austin. Always a pleasure. Um, And we'll be right back. Uh, We're back on the First City Forum with Austin Hayes. The show is brought to you by uh, by the Gemini Crystal Wizard and KPU. I just want to give a a little weekend update before we head out if you're looking for something to do this weekend uh jacob jones or or dj mf jones will be playing at the asylum tonight so drop in there check them out um and the and we have the small glories concert happening in saxman which is sold out so if you don't have your tickets for that that is unfortunate what do you know about the small glories austin
1: uh, I don't know anything. I've never heard them. Uh, they're, a, it, I guess they're a, a folk duo from Canada, right? Yeah, Canadian folk duo, and yeah. I've heard they're great.
0: They look very interesting. You know who I'm really excited to see back and catch Matt, the electrician. Yeah. yeah. I think he's coming back up sometime in April. Uh, Matt Hamilton posted something about it on his uh, social media, so um, that's going to be really exciting. I'm not sure when that's happening, but that'll be happening sometime soon. And then, of course, we have the Creek Street Cabaret open mic happening this Sunday. You know what? It's been it, That's been picking up again over the last couple of weeks. We've got some really funny people. Um, there's this uh, comedian who's been coming in, Danny Monsoon. Freaking Love that guy. Since I started the open mic, I've always wanted a good comedian, like consistently there, just to sw- just to kind of switch up the uh, the material and the uh, and the uh, performance medium. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are a lot of singers and a lot of people who who, who play in things, but a a a stand up a stand up comedian is an under gift. I love that Absolutely. so much. And yeah. he is really, really fun. And it, it it's crass, but it's not too crass. It's really fun. Top quality stuff. So shout out to Danny Monsoon. I hope he comes out this Sunday. And I hope you come out this Sunday to enjoy some of their gator bites and their ribs. You know what I love from the cabaret? I get the ribs a la carte with their gorgonzola fries. Ooh. And I take the rib meat and I shred it up over the fries, and it's like this this rib gorgonzola fry situation, cheese fry. Oh my God, it's phenomenal! No, I love can't it. go wrong. And then they had this really phenomenal uh, orange creamsicle martini. It was like it's creamy and it's orange and it's sweet and it's decadent. It's just amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. So uh, so hopefully I'll see you guys at the cabaret this Sunday. That's gonna be a really great time. Uh, t- or tonight at the asylum was with, uh, with Jacob. With Jacob Jones, a.k.a. Jones, Is there anything else happening this weekend that we know of? I feel like there is, but I really am just drawing a blank here. Drawing a complete blank. You know what I'm really excited about, though, is to see you with Woody's Finest Hour.
1: That's going to be pretty fun. That's going to be pretty fun. I guess I can talk about that now. Yeah, I I joined the band. I'm going to be their keyboard player.
0: Yes, which is going to be a really fun. It's going to bring a whole different sort of dynamic because I know Anthony is no longer with the band, so Tracy and you are going to be taking over vocals and playing. So it's going to be kind of a more compact show, but different. And I'm really excited to hear what that's going to sound like. I'm 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 pumped.
1: Yeah, they the, the we're going to be uh, doing a lot of new, different songs and uh, just changing up the the structure of the orchestration, like. You know, some of the parts that were on uh, guitar or to a backing track will now be played live with a keyboard player. And I'll be singing and then Tracy will be doing the other. We'll be basically be splitting the vocals uh, 50-50. Will,
0: will you be breaking out the guitar?
1: As soon as I can afford one, absolutely.
0: (laughs) That's going to be a great time. All right, so yeah, so the weekend update. uh, Jacob Jones at the Asylum tonight, a.k.a. DJMF Jones. Don't miss that. The Small Glories concert, which we can't go to unless we have tickets now because it's sold out. uh, And the Creek Street Cabaret open mic on Sunday from 6 until 9. We've been going a little over time because people have been coming out a a little bit later and then signing up. So it's been great. Um, So, yeah, uh, enjoy the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. happy st patrick's day this has been the first city forum i'm your host joe williams this show is brought to you by kpu and the gemini crystal wizard i've got to go into that shop i hear they do a really phenomenal palm reading really yeah yeah i've never had my palm read but i really want to do it because i feel like they're going to tell me something really interesting but also terrible
1: yeah, yeah. Like that's
0: always my fears like, oh like, oh yeah, you're gonna be a millionaire, but you're also gonna die in three minutes. So <laughs> so, so, so who knows? Uh but yes, yeah, so uh shout out to KPU and the Gemini Crystal Wizard, and uh shout out to you guys for tuning in to the first city forum. And thank you, Austin Hayes, for joining us Thanks for Have having a joke. great day. Bye bye. AM nine thirty. This is Ketchikan's K T K N.